remember last year when it seemed like the Oscars were racist? Make America sick again and still fear in our immigrant population in our country. He has no jobs to still have not seen any evidence of, of anyone that's that from the Trump campaign or any other campaign for that matter uh, that's communicated with the Russian government. And it will implode a historic increase in defense spending to rebuild the depleted military of the United States of America. It's time to make America great again. Join the movement. The Neil A. Caruso Show Podcast. Time to dream big. Informative, insightful, and valiant leadership. Telling it the way it is to make a difference. All right, new week, new podcast, Monday, February 27th. All right, the end of the month here in 2017. So we'll get towards... March, before you know it, we'll hit March this week. Um, A busy week ahead. President Donald Trump will speak in front of a joint session of Congress tomorrow. He's already passed or is passing his budget and he's increasing uh, defense spending as part of his budget. And that's where we will start off. But uh, we hope you enjoyed the show yesterday, uh, Sunday, on the Neil A. Cruiser Show, the video live streaming show that we do each and every Sunday at 12 noon Eastern. And uh, 9 a.m. Pacific, all in between there. Um, we had a, a very good show, a very jam-packed show. We had a, a, a really good feel-good story. Taylor Duncan, a 21-year-old uh, who suffers from autism, or as he says, I don't suffer, it's just a disadvantage. What a uh, incredible way to look at life and makes you think a little bit. Uh, so we had him on the program, and that's uh, that story is up on neilacaruso.com. So if you want to Watch the segment, read about him. You can check that out. He runs a baseball league down in Atlanta, Georgia, for autistic youth. Um, so a very good uh, segment there. And we had, you know, we talked about the Democratic Party and all that stuff. We'll get into a little bit today. Uh, it just they're in disarray. But let's start on the good news, which is President Trump is calling for an increase in military spending in his first budget. So the White House announced this morning that uh, Trump's upcoming budget will ask for a $54 billion increase in the defense budget. And you heard it uh, in the intro, a little clip of what he said there, which was that uh, it will be a public safety national security budget and will include an historic increase in defense spending to rebuild a depleted military. Now, we've talked about the the depleted military and what that includes. Let me go over the details for you again because it's very hard for people to understand how unprepared we are and military leaders have been sounding the alarm for years now under the Obama administration. So here's the deal. Currently, half of U.S. Navy F-18 Hornets cannot even fly and up to 75% of the Marine Corps jets are grounded. About half of the United States Air Force B-1 bombers are out of service as it awaits spare parts. However, many of the U.S. military jets, after flying well past its expected lives, cannot replace its parts 
because there is a shortage of spare parts and manufacturers do not make many of the military parts necessities. Um, so these bombers, the F-18 Hornets, the Marine Corps jets, they are grounded. They cannot be used, which means we have a useless and outdated part of our military that's our core. That is a major problem. And President Trump wants to lead as, you know, an ode to President Reagan. We're going to lead uh, through uh, peace through strength. And what does that entail? That entails beefing up the military and be being able to have a defense that no one will mess with. That's the purpose. Purpose is not to go to war. The purpose is to prevent it and make sure that no one messes with us. But if we're messed with today and we are being messed with, I mean, think about it. A growing threat of radical Islamic terrorism and more defense needs than ever before. Defense and intelligence, because a lot of times we don't know who's in our country. And that, so that goes to the intelligence, which is a problem, and that's a story for you know another day with these leaks that we've been talking about. But the Department of Defense, which is spending $610 billion this year, that's in their budget. Obama proposed last year a $582.7 billion budget. They have a defense sequester, okay? And the sequester, which is a provision of the Budget Control Act of 2011, imposes across-the-board spending cuts if Congress and the White House cannot agree on a more targeted cuts uh, approach aimed at reducing the budget deficit. Yes, we have almost a $20 trillion deficit. Thank Obama and the welfare programs for that and the, um, the stimulus package that did not work. Why is the economy doing so well right now? And well, that's another story that I have for you. The economy is doing so well because there's optimism. Pro-business policies, reducing taxes, putting more money in investors and regular Americans' wallets. But on the military, that's, this is pathetic. Half of our Navy Hornets cannot take to the skies? 75% of Marine Corps jets grounded? And the B-1 bombers are out of service? That's an abomination when you have what's going on in this world with radical Islamic terrorism, people that want to kill us, you want to talk about Russia, they're challenging us. So this is a major issue. And unless we get smart, and now finally we have a president who says, listen, we need to advance our military spending. That's the one thing that we need to spend more on, and we're not. You know, Obama spent money on everything in the, you know, every program, okay, except defense. So one thing he reduced. It's a wrong thing to reduce. Security first, right? Safety first. So increasing military spending will be a core of his budget, and he'll talk about this in his joint session of Congress tomorrow. And, you know, going along with uh, military for a second, um, there are new rules of engagement that the Trump administration has put forth that allows our military to engage 
Because previously, the Obama administration said you have to identify whether or not the soldier is in the Islamic State. Well, so what are you going to do? You're going to walk up to someone and say, hey, are, are you in ISIS? They're going to shoot you. You're dead. Dead. And that was the directive from the Obama administration. You have to, find, you have to make sure that you know who you're shooting. It's war. If you're in Iraq and you're all wearing American uniforms and they're not and they're carrying a machine gun, you got to assume that they're going to try to kill you. I mean, use your brain. So a new um, rules of engagement that the Trump administration has put forth. So the military community pleased with the president under Defense Secretary James Mattis. And uh, they've been calling for the end of the sequester since it started. A major problem. The wrong thing to, to tie our hands when it comes to defense, especially today. Um, a plan to defeat ISIS has been put on the president's desk today. So we talked about it on Friday's podcast. I believe I mentioned it yesterday. Yeah, I mentioned it yesterday. You know, there's so many shows that we do that I forget what I say. Um, but a plan to defeat ISIS has been put on President Trump's desk as expected. He gave them, gave his national security team 30 days to put a plan on his desk to defeat ISIS. So that is now on his desk, and we'll see what comes out of that. And listen, though, frankly, I don't want to know. I want to know when they're gone because if we, the public, know what's going on, that means ISIS knows. And President Trump said we have to be smart. Why are we going to telegraph what we're doing? It's like a pitcher in baseball saying we're going to throw a changeup right now. Oh, hey, batter. You know, circle changeup is coming your way. It's going to be about 78 miles per hour. Just so you can prepare. You know, we're going we're gonna, to, as Trump says, we're going to go to Mosul and attack Mosul next month. Oh, great. All the leaders leave. So the plan to defeat ISIS has to be a covert one. Coming out today, the House Intelligence say that there is, quote, no evidence that's like we needed someone to tell us. No evidence that the Trump campaign had contact with Russia. Whew, good, I'm glad. Not that we didn't know that already. Um, the even, so this is coming from uh, Devin nu uh, Nunez today, Representative Nunez in California, Republican, is the head of the House Intel community, but Adam Schiff, uh, Democrat in Massachusetts, also said today that there's no evidence there. I mean, there are some questions about General Michael Flynn. I mean, listen, frankly, he lied, and that's why he got fired, because he lied about what happened. Um, you want to investigate? Fine. Go ahead. In fact, I'd like to know. But um, Flynn was just—what we do know is that Flynn was preparing to do his job to deal with his counterparts in other countries, namely Russia. He should have communicated that with Vice President Mike Pence. We know that. Uh, but frankly, where is all of the outrage with the Clinton Foundation, which we know took money from Saudi Arabia, from Iran, from the United Arab Emirates, from Egypt, Morocco, okay? Countries, namely Saudi Arabia, Iran, some of these 
Muslim-majority countries that practice Sharia law. You know what Sharia law is? Yeah, if you're homosexual, you're murdered. You're executed. Women, they're stoned to death if you cheat on your husband. You cannot leave the house without a male supervision. You can't drive a car. You have no rights. You know, you're talking about women's rights. Okay, let's talk about Iran and let's talk about Saudi Arabia and all the countries that gave money to Hillary Clinton's foundation and the Associated Press reporting that more than 50% of Hillary Clinton's meetings that were not required as Secretary of State, she had with big donors of the Clinton Foundation. Where is the outrage from both parties about that? Where is the investigation on that? Pay for play. Now, later I'm going to tell you about real serious pay for play. I'm going to give you a concrete example that's going on right here in New York City. Mayor Bill de Blasio, a Hillary Clinton supporter, a former aide. Yeah, I'll tell you about him and what somebody who just quit his uh, administration did to curry favor and what he asked her to do. And then, of course, you know, the elitists in Hollywood, the snooty elites that are telling us how to believe. And turning us off. We'll get into that later on. But where is where is the moral outrage? And speaking, of, you know, we'll talk about the moral outrage and the hypocrisy in Hollywood. What about the moral outrage when it comes to Hillary Clinton? Was she what we know she did, taking money from these countries? And you could go down the list about women's rights. They're stoned to death if they cheat on their husbands commit adultery. Homosexuals thrown off buildings in some of these countries. In some scary places in the Middle East. And she's taken millions of dollars. Okay? But we're worried about Lieutenant General Michael Flynn preparing to do his job. I'm more worried about the intelligence leaks. I'm more worried about our CIA leaking stuff to the media who just want to bring Trump down. And there are organizations and journalists, clearly 96% voted for Hillary Clinton, that just want to get Trump. They just want to dismantle and overthrow his presidency. Listen, the Americans voted out the Democrats. They voted them out. Over 700 state legislature seats lost since Obama took office in 2009. And Obama said, my policies are on the ticket. What did the American people do? They voted his policies the hell out of there. And President Trump is our 45th president. And Hillary still not going away, despite the old establishment that is not the future of this country. The future of this country is to focus on our country, as we talked about yesterday in our Caruso's Comments monologue about putting America first and truly putting Americans first. It's about time. And Trump had no contact with Russia. That is proven now. There's no evidence. Uh, you heard in the intro clip, Nancy Pelosi, what a nut from California, 
just such a kooky person. Like, I heard the way she speaks. But anyway, she's still in there. Um, she said there's no jobs bill. That Trump's not putting forth a jobs bill. How does he think he's going to create jobs? Um, all right. Well, we talked about this on the show yesterday. Maybe Nancy Pelosi should watch my show. And the no jobs bill thing, okay? Let me tackle the, the big difference between Democrats and Republicans here is big versus small government, right? Okay, fundamental. Well, a jobs bill indicates that there's going to be incompetent, bureaucratic control over creating jobs. What the government says, and by the way, their unemployment numbers are phony. You know, when they say that the unemployment rate is 4%, it's wrong. Because they're not accounting for, and this is very well known, they're not accounting for all the people that left the labor force and gave up because they've been looking for a job and they can't get one because people aren't hiring because you have health care costs that are through the roof and average Americans paying $5,400 more after the, quote, affordable care act was enacted in 2010. $5,400 more. They lost their doctors and there's no competition. That's another thing we're just in a moment I'll get to on Obamacare because Republicans have to get their act together too. But, you know, Pelosi has no jobs bill. It's called pro-business policies that have created over 1,800,000 jobs since November 8th. And that is no coincidence. Jobs, by the way, not just created but saved from going overseas and brought back from Mexico and other places. So, you know, the jobs bill, jobs bills don't work. Investing $67.7 billion in the country since Trump was elected on November 8th, that works. That spurs the economy. The economy is at all-time highs right now. So what the hell is Pelosi talking about? Companies hire. Companies create wealth. People work for companies. They don't work necessarily for government. And just because, you know, Nancy Pelosi is getting a government pension, we're not all that privileged to do so. And, you know, an NBC News Wall Street Journal poll today uh, or the other day, whatever it is, uh, shows that people feel that the economy is improving under Trump. Look at the market. It's sky high. Is it all-time highs? We don't need a jobs bill. We need better business policies to take government hands off of our wallets and let us control what we want with our money. I mean, think about just think about someone telling you what to do with your money. Forget about government for a second. You probably have that annoying friend or whatever or whoever tells you. Well, you know, that's really expensive or you shouldn't be spending money on it. Who the hell are you to tell me how to spend my money? It's the same principle with government. Who the hell are they to tell you how to spend your hard-earned money? Or where to go for health insurance? You know, maybe you want to shop around. Maybe you don't want to be given health insurance. Maybe you don't want health insurance in the first place. 
because she feels as if I'm healthy enough. And that's really the problem right now with young people are not buying health insurance, which means that the whole, you know, affordable health care crap, Obamacare, is not working because there aren't enough young people to pay for the old people. And the baby boomer generation is getting older and they need more medical assistance. Another reason why socialist health care would not work. Now, President Trump says that Obamacare has to be the first to go before he can implement, before he could uh, cut taxes. That uh, the Affordable Health Care Act has to be repealed first. Now, there's an article last week in the Washington Post, uh, take that as you may, with the Post, uh, February 15th, and there were um, there is a bill out there, and just, I'm just quoting uh, this story, but there are um, representatives Mark Sanford, Republican of South Carolina, Senator Rand Paul, Republican of Kentucky, that have a bill out there that they put on President Obama's desk already. So why isn't Obamacare repealed already? And then, you know, these phony polls that are saying, well, people actually, you know, they think that uh, Obamacare is fine now. No, they don't. They're just getting nervous because you have the Democrats who are saying they're going to make America sick again. So catchy. Really catchy, you know? But Representative Sanford and, and Rand Paul... Um, they say that they could repeal most of the law and move millions of Amer Americans into health savings accounts. Um, Representative Jim Jordan of the Freedom Caucus said, we're tired of waiting. And that's why we said, let's go. Let's go now. So this plan, let me tell you what this plan does, and this is an option for Trump. But the Republicans had to move on this and put this on President Trump's desk. This is one option. Now, just to compare this before I get into the details of this plan, what this compares to what the House Republicans are working on as we speak. Well, um, Paul Ryan uh, says that the um, Affordable Health Care Act will be repealed sometime in March is what he has put forth to put a, um, a, repealing, a repeal bill sometime in March. And replace it, uh, you know, soon after that. Um, so they're looking at March. Now, we're almost at March. So hopefully we get something soon. They're looking at March. They're looking at um, repealing it. But it's uh, they say it's very complicated because the Senate wants to, or the uh, Congressional Budget Office and the Senate, they want to make sure that uh, we are not adding to the debt. But listen, if you're going to add to the debt up front, I think we understand that because we're going to cut the deficits in other ways. We're going to cut it by reducing spending on environmental protection, um, and Trump has proposed that or is going to propose that in his budget, um, and cutting waste, fraud, and abuse, and cutting other programs that just cause unintended consequences. Um, let me tell you about this Freedom Caucus plan that has already been approved and can be put on President Trump's desk. The plan, endorsed by the House Freedom Caucus, would end the Affordable Health Care Act's Medicaid expansion. Decouple health insurance, that's a key thing, by the way, Medicaid expansion. Decouple the health insurance from employers, um, so taking out that mandate because that's preventing 
employers from hiring jobs, offer a tax credit of up to $5,000 to fund the health savings accounts, and eliminate most regulations on what health plans must cover. So insurers would be able to sell policies across state lines. Regulations that mandate birth control coverage would be nixed. So that would uh, that would make a lot of changes and would reduce the spending on health care, personal spending. Like I said, the average American spending $5,400 more after Obamacare was enacted. A year, by the way. And... There are premium increases. I mentioned a 118% increase uh, in Arizona um, and high percentage increases across the country. And deductibles, you can't even use the insurance. What good is insurance if you can't use it? Um, Sanford, Representative Sanford said there's need, there needs to be a coalescing around principles. I don't think it's gotten deep in the weeds about what it will actually include yet. Well, they better get on it. Um this was, by the way, like I alluded to, a 2015 budget reconciliation measure that was passed by Republicans, blocked by former President Obama. So, theoretically, this can go right on President Trump's desk. Theoretically. Why not? Why, why can't we repeal this now and then work on tax cuts? Because there's a lot that has to be got, done, and President Trump wants to push a very ambitious agenda. He started on deregulations, healthcare's next, then tax cuts, and then energy independence. Here's a bunch of things that we need to get to. Luckily, military is going to increase the budget there and make us more prepared to fight against an increased terror threat. Um, the Sanford Paul legislation is designed to build on this budget reconciliation in 2015, counting on repeal to leave in place provisions that allow young people to stay on their parents' insurance, slacker care, while counting on people left out uh, by repeal to use um, the health savings accounts to pay for private plans. Um, so young people are going to be able to stay on their insurance, and that's going to stay. Uh, health savings accounts, you're going to use your own money, but uh, here's where that's going to really help. That's going to help down the line. It's not going to help baby boomers as much because you're not going to be able to invest as much. But people that are in their 20s, they're going to be able to, like a 401k, they're going to, or a Roth IRA, they're going to invest their own money and go use their own money towards health insurance. Um, and it will eliminate the... Obamacare's essential health benefit requirements and antitrust laws for health care providers to increase competition and drive down prices for consumers. Now, a big thing that I want to make sure, because there hasn't been much talk about this, the individual mandate is stupid. And I'll tell you why. Because they mandate that you get health insurance. Okay? But what if and the the pre-existing condition is another stupid policy. Go on the, the mandate for a second. On the employer mandate, it stifles economic growth because employers are spending all this money on health insurance. They'll just hire less workers, maybe less efficient but monetarily beneficial. Individuals, a lot of people don't want it. They rather pay the tax. So, again, young people are not paying – for old people. 
And then you have the um, the tax on that that people are willing to spend, like I mentioned. But, you know, between the mandate and also um, you're able to then get insurance if you have pre-existing conditions. Think about it. If you have car insurance, okay, you get car insurance. If you have a car, if you drive, you have to have car insurance. You get it before you drive. You have uh, home flood insurance. You get it before there's a flood. You can't get it during the flood. So why would you, and this just increases healthcare costs. Insurance is insurance. Insurance is to prevent, if anything, God forbid, happens, I have a backup plan. I have money, my own money in health savings accounts. Pre-existing condition um, here by Obamacare allows anyone who gets sick to then buy insurance after they're sick. That just does not fundamentally make sense. And it drives up costs. And absolutely makes no sense that you get insurance after you're sick. It's called insurance for a reason. So that's something that has to be out of there. It has to be out of this bill. So this Freedom Caucus bill can be put on President Trump's desk, I think, tomorrow if they wanted to. Or if they want to, I think it needs to be maybe signed off. But let's get on it. So I'm hoping in the next two weeks we get a repeal plan in place. And then move towards the tax cuts to hopefully ease some of the burden and continue the economic growth that is ongoing. Um, all right. So, you know, there's, there is a lot on this Trump agenda, though. And in order to accomplish it, he's going to need Congress. Going to need Congress. Unfortunately, that's how it works. Work on democracy. President Trump understands that, obviously. Um, all right. A lot of substance to start. I put this off for later because, well, trying to put it off as much as possible. But listen, the elitist Hollywood actors telling us what to think. And they're so, so hypocrites. They all have armed bodyguards and walls around their houses. We're going to talk about that coming up, what I call the brainless Hollywood elites. Plus, a terrorist is behind the next Women's March, or Women's March, whatever it is. And of course, uh, pay-for-play allegations with de Blasio. I mentioned a, a concrete example on how politics can be really nasty sometimes. But a terrorist behind the next Women's March. Oh, such a tolerant liberals. We'll get into it. You're listening to the Neil A. Crucial Show podcast. Tell me what you need to know every day. You're listening to the Neil Caruso Show podcast. Subscribe on iTunes so you'll never miss the important news of the day. The Neil Caruso Show podcast on iTunes and neilacaruso.com. A ranger station. I'd like to report a bear hug. Okay. I put out my campfire and Smokey Bear hugged me. So you drowned the fire, you stirred it, drowned it again, and felt that it was cold? Uh-huh. Yeah, but he's just letting you know you did good. Bear hug from Smokey Bear. Status update! I'm gonna let you go now. There are many ways to start a fire, but one sure way to put it out 
Learn how you can do your part at SmokeyBear.com. Sponsored by the U.S. Forest Service Ad Council and your state forester. Green light. Hey, girl. School zone. I'm getting hungry. Car changing lanes. You want to meet me for pizza? Stop sign. Intersection clear. Yeah, street. Pizza sounds good. Ball in street? Girl in street! <gasps> it's hard to concentrate on two things at once, like texting and driving. Stop the text. Stop the wrecks. How will you stop texting and driving? Tell us at StopTextStopRex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. We are never going to let you down. And neither will Neil Caruso. With you every day on the Neil A. Caruso Show podcast and Sundays at noon Eastern on the Neil A. Caruso Show on NeilACaruso.com. He's the real deal, telling it the way it is to make a difference. All right, we continue on this Monday podcast. Um, so there is a day without women uh, march uh, planned where... What they're what they're gonna do? They're going to progressives because they think to defeat Trump, that they have to just take themselves out of society. Apparently, uh, I I don't know. So they're not gonna show up to work. They're just gonna boycott life for a day. These uh, these women, I, I guess, are also gonna exclude because they did last time. They're probably gonna exclude pro life women. Um. So of course, as they only assimilate if you like what they have to say, but um, instead of outreach, all they have is outrage. And, you know, just before I get on to this, I talked about the the future of the Democratic Party and on my show yesterday, and really, I call them divided and powerless, and it's true, okay? They can't elect a DNC chair. They're split on that till the second ballot. Um, you know, you go back to when the DNC rigged the primaries, they sabotaged Bernie Sanders' campaign in favor of Hillary Clinton. That was revealed in WikiLeaks. Um, Debbie Wasserman Schultz resigns. And then you had, um, this party yesterday, or Saturday, excuse me, um, elect Tom Perez, a former Obama labor secretary. So, Going back to the old establishment wing of the party, elected by the Democrats, to head the DNC. Just an establishment guy. You know, a Hillary Clinton, Obama type. And people rejected the policies. And then the more alarming thing. So, they, you know, you have the young progressives who don't want Tom Perez. They wanted Keith Ellison. And Keith Ellison... Okay, so now you have a split party between the young people and the old people. It's a mess. Okay, they're not unified like the Republicans. Now, the Republicans, while they're unified, it's still outsider versus establishment. And Republicans have to succeed. They have to. They have no choice but to succeed. When you have both houses of Congress, you have state legislatures, and you have the White House, you must succeed. And if they fail to enact the Trump agenda, then 
they're, they're hopeless. Then the establishment is hopeless, and they're not working for the American people. So they have to succeed. They have no choice. Now, the Democrats, who are in disarray, they, the young ones, the progressives, the progressives, a.k.a. socialists, wanted Heath Ellison widely accused as being an anti-Semite by members of his own party. There's documentation of it. And he has accepted money and trips from terrorist-funded organizations like the Muslim Brotherhood. He went to Saudi Arabia in 2008. What do they do in Saudi Arabia? They kill homosexuals. They have no rights for women. And they funded Heath Ellison's trip. And he is the DNC deputy chair. They're, they're a mess. And so now you have this story comes out. That on March 8th, organizers are going to be uh, doing this new women's march crap. And the, the whatever, if you want to protest, fine. But the person, uh, they don't even know what they're protesting about, but that's besides the point. The co-author of this organization is, her name is Rasmia Youssef Ode, a convicted terrorist. A convicted Terrorist is the co-author of this March 8th protest, a day without women march, against President Donald Trump. A convicted terrorist is the co-author of this march. She's a Palestinian convicted in Israel in 1970 for her part in two terrorist bombings, one of which killed two students. While they were shopping for groceries. She spent 10 years in prison for her crimes. She then managed to become a U.S. citizen. In 2004. By lying. About her past. But was subsequently. Convicted. In 2014 of immigration fraud. For falsehoods. Then when she won the rights. To a new trial, which is set for this spring, she claimed she had been suffering from PTSD at the time she lied on her application. Oh, and by the way, in her time that she was a citizen, she worked for a while as an Obamacare navigator. You just can't make this up. You can't make this up. And every person should be outraged. I don't care if you want to protest, whatever. You have a right to protest. Just don't blow up my buildings. And don't set my streets on fire. Or set my American flag on fire. It's the one thing I ask. And don't stop traffic. And don't spit on cops and throw rocks at them. So those are the very few things that I ask. Peaceful protest. Fine, go ahead. That is the fundamental right of our democracy. But when you masquerade as a pro-women, pro-inclusion, and you're, first of all, there are paid protesters from George Soros, and they, you know, they don't come to these town hall meetings with, you know, they don't all go to Kinko's themselves. They're given these signs. And you have a terrorist, a convicted terrorist who went to jail for 10 years for her crimes. 
She committed immigration fraud. And she claims that she has PTSD. You know, like, all those veterans out there, you hear that. It's like that post-election stress disorder that they claim to have. It's disgusting. That's deplorable. That is truly deplorable. And you have a terrorist behind the next women's march. You just can't make this stuff up. And now, uh, the inside politics and the inside machinations are so dirty. Especially the establishment. There's a story in the New York Daily News today and a left-leaning paper before, you know, we make some sort of judgment. A Brooklyn film business owner donated to Mayor Bill de Blasio of New York City out of fear. Directly hit up for big dollar donations by Mayor de Blasio and his associates. By the way, de Blasio um, had a four-hour meeting with uh, the New York Attorney General on Friday. And he may very well be indicted in the next two weeks. But, get to in a second. This person, her name is uh, Gina Argento. She runs a a movie and TV production services company, she complied for fear that her business would be crippled if she failed to raise money for the mayor's causes, her husband told the Daily News. There was never a threat or anything, but if your boss says you gotta do it, you gotta play ball, said uh, the lawyer John Ciafoni, which is Gina's, Gina Ar- G- uh, Argen- Argento, excuse me, Gina Argento's, uh, who owns a TV production services company, uh, her wife is also, uh, or his, uh, her husband, and my gender's screwed up. Her husband is the lawyer. She runs, by the way, Broadway Stages in Greenpoint, Brooklyn, is the name of the production company. And she has been asked for money from de Blasio, and then his staffers also asked her and Broadway Stages for money. And the request paid off. Argento raised $167,000 for the mayor and his causes, including writing four checks totaling $70,000, personal checks. Um, Argentino's husband felt as if she didn't have much choice because as a film business, you rely on the mayor's office of production. You have to work with the mayor. It's exactly like President Trump in The Art of the Deal You have to work with these politicians. You know, you donate to their campaign. You try to to influence them so that you can build a building. It's all crony nonsense. And it's all bureaucracy. And this goes on every day. Mayoral solicitations. And de Blasio, uh, this woman left, or, or excuse me, the husband described these solicitations from the mayor as well as a pressure's wife fell to the Daily News, described on Friday, which is when de Blasio underwent questioning by the Manhattan U.S. Attorney, Attorney's Office an investigation of pay-to-play allegations in City Hall. And is being investigated for, for multiple, um, invest, uh, multiple investigations for pay-for-play and other campaign finance problems. A Hillary Clinton crony. De Blasio personally asked... Argento to give his now defunct nonprofit campaign for one New York. Um, and 
this group, Campaign for One New York, could take donations for unlimited amounts. Talk about a loophole in the campaign finance. Could take donations of unlimited amounts in contrast to the highly restricted donations amounts, which political campaigns have to adhere to. Now, the husband said that, you know, with Bloomberg, he didn't need people like Broadway Stages, the production company, to give. The mayor, de Blasio, specifically asked for money. See, Bloomberg, who is, you know, a billionaire, he didn't need money. He took a $1 salary like President Trump is taking. So to think that, like, President Trump is doing this for money, doing this for fame, give me a break. He has more money and more fame by being in the private sector. Like Bloomberg doesn't need it, does not need the nonsense. But de Blasio does, a career activist. He's facing three separate investigations of his fundraising tactics. So this is just an example. Let me give you the more dollar amounts here. Very detailed story in the Daily News today. Argento has donated hundreds of thousands of dollars to multiple politicians, including Senator Chuck Schumer and Governor Andrew Cuomo, New York governor. Since January 2013, she and her older brother, Anthony, have written 216 checks to sitting and state politicians and parties, totaling more than a half a million dollars. She bundled 31 checks worth of 97780 for de Blasio after he won the mayoral primary in 2013. Then was the first to donate to his now defunct, uh, you know, uh, Nonprofit shortly after he arrived at City Hall. And then de Blasio appointed her, Argento, the uh, person who's giving all this money, appointed her to the mayor's fund to advance New York City and the city's workforce development board. So then she gets a position because she donated money. Although they claim that a mayoral spokesman says she was appointed to the Workforce Board because of her experience in the film and television industry and years as a small business owner who has created local jobs. It's a bullcrap. It's because she gave money, a lot of money. And so de Blasio could be indicted in two weeks. It's amazing. It, it really is. And that's what goes on in the politics. And these... The inside games. And this is what President Trump ran against. That's why he did not take money in the primaries and never took corporate donations. And this is why he is the president of of United States citizens. And that's why, I mean, if you're not going to agree with his policies, fine. How about you admire that he actually wants to work for the American people? He's a workaholic and actually wants to make America great again and actually wants to make a difference. You know, give them give them a little credit. Oh, we can't do that? No? Okay. Yeah. Well, then why didn't you just leave? Like these brainless Hollywood snowflakes at the Oscars yesterday. Here's just a little bit, because I don't even want to give them too much attention, but I have to talk about it. So here's a little and bit. I say, I, maybe this is not a popular thing to say, but I want to say thank you to President Trump. I mean, remember last year when it seemed like the Oscars were racist? And of all the great actors here in Hollywood, 
One in particular has stood the test of time for her many uninspiring and overrated performances. Meryl, stand up if you would. Everybody, please join me in giving Meryl Streep a totally undeserved round of applause, will you? I hope we're gonna have fun tonight. Uh, nice dress, by the way. Is that an Ivanka? <laughs> this is exciting. I think it's important that we all, I know we've all seen it all, but it's important that we take a second to appreciate what is happening here. We're at the Oscars, the Academy Awards. You're nominated. You got to come. Your families are nominated. Your friends, some of you will get Oh my get God, they don't get adulation enough. Give a speech that the President of the United States will tweet about in, in all caps during his 5 a.m. bowel movement tomorrow. It's disgusting. Uh, this is why I don't watch the Oscars. And this is exactly why I sent the show yesterday. I'm not even gonna waste my time. Now, I did catch a glimpse of the opening act, Justin Timberlake. That was probably the only good moment because they didn't talk politics. They directly mentioned President Trump over 15 times and indirectly mentioned him in all these nonsense speeches. Now, that's just Kimmel. Now, I got to tell you, I was not surprised that he went there, but the hatred that came out of his mouth, he called our president a racist, which is unfounded, not true, and absolutely false and slanderous. President Trump should sue him. I would. It's a terrible, disgusting smear that they do to all Republicans. But that is why people did not watch the Oscars. What did they have? Uh, the lowest, the lowest ratings since 2008 of the Oscars. 39 million people watched. Because people don't want to be preached to. <laughs> I tweeted lowest. Uh, Lowest rating, sad, exclamation mark, like Trump would do. Honestly, no one wants to be told what to think. They watch the Oscars being entertained. A four-hour award show? I don't even want to attend a four-hour award show for a, you know, an industry award, for art, for, you know, journalism or, or what have you. Four hours is nonsense. And then they can't even get the winner right. They're, and they deserve that. They deserved it for how they acted. There's the self-congratulation, the self-adulation. Oh, look at me. I'm famous. I got millions of dollars. I live within a wall and have bodyguards. But no, you're not allowed to have guns and you're not allowed to, to believe in, uh, in law enforcement. By the way, I heard this suggested today and I'm all for it. How about we have an award show for our great military? How about we have an award show on national television for our veterans or for nurses or for medical professionals or for blue-collar construction workers or people who are out there blood, sweat, and tears every day trying to put food on their table? How about, okay, let me give you this one, snowflakes. 
How about, and when I say snowflakes, I'm referring to these brainless Hollywood elites. Those are the true snowflakes. So, you know. Um, how about an award show for hard-working mothers who get no credit whatsoever? That, you know, how about an award show for them? How about a word show for single moms? How about a word show for single dads? How about a word show for the people who do not commit crimes in this country? Think about that. And they have all of these self-congratulatory, these nonsense awards, by the way. A lot of them can be ripped the heck out of there because they don't, they give awards for pretty much everything. I mean, are you given a word for editing last night? How about you edit the show down from four hours to a half hour? Because besides all the Trump drivel, it's only a half hour show. All the finger wagging from a hate-filled elitist group when our president is buried in his desk trying to stop that hate from coming here. And it's not a Muslim ban. It was a temporary suspension of terror nations. They praised Iran last night. Uh, I don't even know a lot of these actors' names. Along with these actors' names, I don't even know their names. I don't know who they are. I don't know who you are, and I don't care who you are. Because no one, and I mean no one, should look up to these idiots who preach and tell us what to think. No one should look up to them. They don't deserve it. And and that goes for athletes too. I think the one exception maybe is Derek Jeter. That you could say, okay, he lived his life off the field very respectably. Even had a little controversy with the uh, carousing. But you know what? If you're Derek Jeter, good for you. Um, but other than that, I don't, and I don't think anyone should... Look up. I feel bad for kids that actually look up to these idiots. Because they're being indoctrinated by watching this damn thing. That's why I won't watch it. That's why I don't want to sit in a classroom either. And to have this lecturing that is not true, it is false, and they have no facts. They actually talk about... Uh, somebody said... I'm against any form of a wall. I don't even know their names. I'm not even going to say it because I don't even know who they are. I'm against any form of a wall that wants to separate us. But it's okay for Mexico to have a wall to stop illegal immigration for, on its border. It's okay for you, for Mark Zuckerberg, to have a wall surrounding his estate in Beverly Hills. That's okay. And you're allowed to have all the bodyguards you want. And have your own motorcade. But we're not allowed to, to, you know, to lock our country at night. Let's just have the drugs come in. Like they are already. We've had Michael Cutler, former immigration agent, on. Let them come in. Let them poison our youth. Fine. You want to have open borders. Maybe you should just unlock your doors. Whoever you are, you actor. Okay. They absolutely love themselves. It's an exclusive club masqueraded by claims for tolerance and open borders 
when they border themselves. And then you have the selective moral outrage. You have them praising Iran, a director praising Iran and saying that they're good people, we need to send them here. Okay, maybe some of them are good people. They're probably oppressed. In fact, I know they're oppressed. Because in Iran, as they've said already twice on this podcast, they kill gays. Are they supposed to champion homosexuals? They kill them. And they have no rights for women. No women's rights. So where are all these activists and liberal elites to call out human rights violations in Iran and Saudi Arabia and the Middle East? Selective moral outrage, of course, because protecting our country, apparently, is the crime. Utter brainlessness. And a total meltdown. Viola Davis, whoever she is, she said this. Now, I don't think she talked about Trump, but she said this, and it just goes to show you the utter disdain that these people have for regular working Americans. She said, I became an artist, and thank God I did, because we are the only profession that celebrates what it means to live a life. Oh, Crimea River. The only profession that celebrates what it means to live a life? How about those who save lives, who protect our freedom and our sovereignty, who protect our streets, or anyone for that matter? Working moms. Stay-at-home moms. Single parents. All these people. You don't have to be in Hollywood, in La La Land, to live a life. They're living a false, phony life. Life in La La Land. And they self-congratulate. I can't believe people look up to these brainless, hypocritical Hollywood snowflakes. And that's what they are. They are not role models. Veterans, police officers, your parents, they are role models. They actually applauded for a guy from a country that executes gays. They actually did. It, it it really is unbelievable and utter hypocrisy. Millions of Americans suffering on food stamps, a homeless epidemic in our inner cities, poor education, veterans with PTSD. They have PTSD. Not these snowflakes or this person trying to come into our country who gained citizenship and she's a terrorist organizing a women's march against Trump. You have all these people suffering. Since 2009, 95 million Americans out of the labor force, 13 million Americans on food stamps, 43 million people living in poverty, and the lowest home ownership rate in 51 years. But these Hollywood elites have personal walls, and they think that these people who are suffering, that are homeless, that are on food stamps, they care what they think. Just entertain. Because I'll never purchase your products again. And I think I'm in a majority there. And then they don't even get the outcome rights with the best picture. They deserve that outcome. A terrible event. I only caught the lowlights. 
and I just shared them with you, as you probably know, on this Monday. Last thing, because I think this relates. Hasbro, they are the makers of Play-Doh. They have announced that they are going to manufacture Play-Doh once again in the United States instead of China. They're bringing jobs back from China into the U.S. Well, maybe they should send some over to Jimmy Kimmel, someone who I will never watch his show again or respect, and you can send it over to all of these Hollywood elitist snowflakes that they could play with as they cry and sob, or they could go to Canada like they promised. Anyway, that's just my rant today because, well, they deserve it. They deserve to be criticized. They put themselves out there. And they're going to cry, oh, poor me, poor me. Like, people care what they think. All right. The Neil A. Christmas Show podcast rolls along. We're with you every day. We're with us. We're a month in on the podcast. So we'll continue with you through Friday. We have a big show already being planned for next Sunday on the Neil A. Christmas Show. And that is archived on neilacaruso.com. Also sign up for the Caruso's Comments newsletter. You'll get an email in your inbox every once in a while, every few days, with the real deal news, everything you need to know, everything that you may not know. Sign up for the Caruso's Comments newsletter at neilacaruso.com. Check out our show. Like our content. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and all that. And stay connected. Let us know what you think. Get engaged, and we'll talk to you on Tuesday. President Trump has a joint session of Congress tomorrow. All right, folks. God bless you. God bless America. The Neil A. Crusoe Show podcast is a production of Crusoe Enterprises. Engaging, informing, and entertaining. Passion-driven, factual content that makes a difference following Neil A. Crusoe on social media. And log on to neilacrusoe.com to sign up for Crusoe's comments, newsletters, and be the first to know.